Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Hi everyone, this is Steve Smith with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, July 14th. The manufacturing side of the automotive industry is undergoing massive transformation. Certainly, supply chain is top of mind these days for many automotive manufacturing executives. But so is Industry 4.0 in the digitization of manufacturing. Manufacturing executives are also focused on environmental, social, and corporate governance initiatives that are designed to reduce the impact of manufacturing on the world around us, while also creating positive social impact in the communities in which we live and work. And finally, attracting, developing, and retaining talent with the advanced manufacturing skills needed to operate production lines that are increasingly connected and automated. According to Patrick Clark, Senior Vice President and Chief Global Manufacturing Officer at Cooper Standard, it can all get very overwhelming. His advice? Start with a clear vision of what you are trying to achieve. He also says it's important to spend time on the production floor listening and talking to your operators, your process engineers, those individuals who produce the products day in and day out. The company, which ranks 76th on this year's Automotive News Top Suppliers list, is embracing Industry 4.0 as a means to enhancing business activities. For example, monitoring the shop floor for machine downtime and potential quality issues, identifying opportunities to reduce labor time and increase worker safety, and finally, opportunities to drive sustainability practices that align with the company's environmental, social, and corporate governance initiatives, something he says is ingrained deeply in Cooper Standards' corporate culture and is of deep personal importance for employees throughout the organization. Like other companies, having the right talent is a requirement, and Cooper Standard is not alone in its quest to attract, develop, and retain people with the skills they need. The company supports a number of initiatives to illustrate how manufacturing can create rewarding, lifelong jobs that today are smart and sustainable, no longer dirty, dumb, and dangerous. What exactly is the company doing to attract and develop its next generation of talent? How do efforts surrounding Industry 4.0 and sustainability complement each other and drive innovation? And finally, how is the company navigating the current ship shortage? We've reached Patrick Clark, Senior Vice President and Chief Global Manufacturing Officer at Cooper Standard. Patrick, thanks so much for joining me today on the Daily Drive podcast. How are you? Thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure to uh, join today's podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking some time. We have a lot of very interesting topics we're going to talk about today. I'd like to break today's conversation into two parts, so more near-term and more long-term. So on the near-term piece of it, can you talk a little bit about how Cooper Standards is adjusting manufacturing operations in response to the chip shortage we're, we're seeing right now? Yeah, certainly the past you know eighteen months or so have been extremely interesting and and challenging times for for automotive manufacturing. You know, as you know, it takes only one supplier missing a delivery to impact the complete supply and production chain, and and we've seen that so often. You know, manufacturing clearly prefers consistency and predictability, and this continues to be the challenge. You know, so whether it's the the recent issue with semiconductor shortages or the natural disasters you know, uh, where we had winter storms and power outages in Texas or logistics 
concerns from various ports around the world. Uh, you know, the challenges have resulted in abrupt changes to production schedules that that impacted volumes on some some key platforms. You know, we did flex our operations to to reflect that reduced demand uh, as necessary. But you know, we had to take a look at this as an opportunity. And you know, once we realized that this was not just a week or two issue, uh, we knew we had to take advantage of it. And you know, we looked at ourselves and said, is there an opportunity to improve specifically in our operations? You know, if you think about it, there's really not many times in manufacturing where a facility is completely shut down. So you know, we had to look at it from how can we take advantage of the downtime, whether it's looking at preventive maintenance of some of our equipment or, or facilities or driving some of our sustainability initiatives. You know, we have one specifically we, we call energy hunts. And so if you can imagine a, a large manufacturing facility that typically runs every day with a, a lot of activity, you know, it's completely shut down. When it's shut down, if you listen closely, you can kind of capture water running or, or air leakages. And, and those are all opportunities for us. So, you know, whether it's that or looking at lean projects, utilizing some of the availability of the, of the workforce to work on old fashioned lean or Kaizen is, is, uh, is beneficial. Of course, we're always looking to prove quality. So any concerns that we have out there, we wanted to try to address and training employees is a continuous thing these days with everything that's, that's going on. In the end, we just want to try and take advantage of this time for some of our long term opportunities. But you know, clearly, we, we challenge ourselves on how to be more flexible in the future and, and adapt to some of these issues that are impacting the production today. That's so interesting. A lot of conversations I've had relative to the chip shortage have been around navigating here and now. But when you go back to the impact of COVID, the question that was, I think, out there for a lot of suppliers was, do we use this opportunity to restart or do we use this opportunity to reset? It sounds, based on what you just described, that Cooper Standard is using this as a bit of an opportunity to reset and look at different ways to find opportunities as a result of the downtime, which I think is an interesting point of view that I've not heard often in the conversations that I've had. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. It's uh, Clearly, we had a um, very clear objective and, and vision for the company and really what we wanted to do in manufacturing. But as you as you said, you go back to early last year, and and these are kind of uh, rare events where things completely shut down. So it allows you to really challenge yourself on your priorities, and and do you have the the right focus on those priorities for for the long term, and, and and creating a sustainable future. And we we kind of regrouped and said, you know, look, there's some adjustments we can make. Uh, there's some improvements that are available to us, and, and let's let's do it. Let's take advantage of it. And let's leverage this great workforce that we have in, in, the, in the mines and, and set forth a path that's clear. And, and as this thing comes out, uh, you know, we will be ready to go and, and continue to thrive. One of the themes that I've also heard emerge frequently in the conversations I've had around the chip shortage specifically is this topic of supply chain visibility, both upstream and downstream. Um, I'm curious, what is Cooper Standard doing in terms of gaining deeper visibility into the supply chain? Well, clearly a pandemic, you know, the definition of pandemic is that it has the impact on everyone. And, and certainly we have seen the, the and witnessed the impact both downstream and, and, and upstream. And, and we have to uh, step back and look at that as well and, and see what we can do. So, but, you know, we were kind of fortunate. We, we about 18 months ago, we started a, a project to really get deeper and, and better knowledge of, of our supply partners and engage the supply base. 
we wanted to and knew we needed to increase our strategic alignment. So whether you know it's around logistics risk that, that we're talking about or, or labor concerns that they're having or even cost reduction ideas, we needed strong partners and we could we could feel that that need inside our organization. And that strong part, partnership has clearly assisted us during this period of uncertainty. Uh, we believe in working collaboratively, collaboratively with our suppliers to identify issues and bring them forward early to mitigate those risks. Um, and in fact, as part of that, we have now created cross-functional teams who closely monitor and, and work together to help mitigate those risks and address supply problems. It's, it's not just a purchasing issue from our perspective. It, it's a whole team issue. And, and that has helped. And, and we've got many examples. And you know, one that kind of sticks out to me is, as, uh, you know, in manufacturing is we had a, a resin shortage coming out of the, the Texas issues where we were unable to, to get a material uh, for an injection mold that, uh, that that produces a number of our connectors for our tube assemblies. You know, it could have been a high risk to not just ourselves, but then of course to the to this to our customers and and then the domino effect. So we did identify an alternative with the supplier. Uh, we worked together to produce samples to validate that material, uh, gain approval from our customers, and we turned it around. We turned it into a win-win-win for for Cooper Standard, our supplier, and and our customer. And I think that ability to work together, move quickly, is now something we can look at and say, hey, that's a potential competitive advantage for us moving forward. But you have to have that deeper knowledge and partnership, as you referenced. It's, it is necessary with all of the uncertainties, and, and we're not out of it. Uh, you know, We have to be linked together. And so we've had to take a step and, and forward and, and work with our, our supply-based partners and, and go deeper and, and understand their potential risks. And, and again, preparing ourselves to work together going forward. So when do you think things are going to return to normal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. There are many projections out there. Certainly, certainly. And you know, for manufacturing, we would we would like it to be as as soon as feasible. But but we appreciate the the complexity that that is there. And and you know, uh, we believe each and every one of the OEMs has its own unique challenges, and they're doing a great job working through it. Um, and we will continue to to follow our customers' leads in, in that regards. Uh, but we are starting to see. You know, releases improve later this year, and we're, we're optimistic uh, that that will continue into into next year. You know, but if we have learned anything through this time, that this is a very unpredictable, dynamic situation, and uh, we've learned many lessons from it, and we will grow and continue to grow from this experience. Um, you know, we as I was mentioned, we kind of feel like we have the business focused and aligned on our top priorities now, so we are prepared and we're stronger. You know, for a more sustainable organization going forward when when the volumes do return and stability. Uh, as I mentioned, we all covet is is there for for manufacturing. Now let's turn the lens to more long term topics, more long term themes. Digitization of manufacturing, industry 4.0, all of these very cool technologies that are connecting the physical and the digital bring a lot more insight, et cetera, a lot more operational efficiency to companies that are embracing these types of technologies. How is Cooper Standard embracing this digitization of manufacturing? Yeah, clearly it's it's uh, something that can be an opportunity for for any company if if you approach it the right way. And and we look at digitization, or, or many call it Industry 4.0. You know, we look at it as a, the ability to enhance your your business activities. And so, in specifically around manufacturing, you know, we're using the digitization to build bridges between manufacturing software our enterprise resource planning system, IT networks, and, and numerous other programs that we use to, to run the business. So these I-4 projects, we kind of look at them in, in three three categories when we decide how to how to proceed on them. You know, the first one is the connected side of it, you know, which is around 
process monitoring on the shop floor, you know, analysis, um, escalation when you do have issues, whether it's a machine down or a quality concern. Um, the second category would be smart. Does it reduce labor time, improve ergonomics? Does it drive better quality uh, into the product? And the third one would be digital, which is uh, just about being more effective, you know, automating data entry or simply adding, you know, tablets onto the, uh, instead of workstations. You know, our, our largest complaint is still about data entry on the shop floor, right? Taking, taking operators time to, to put that in for, for management analysis. So we see that as a tremendous, tremendous uh, opportunity. You know, so much so that we actually have created a group that we call LiveLine, uh, which is really to embrace the artificial intelligence movement and some of the operations or opportunities that we potentially could see in, in our operations. You know, LiveLine is redefining the boundaries of performance and developing some advanced process controls using artificial intelligence for us. You know, if you think about our processes, we, we use extrusion uh, a lot. So we take a complex extrusion process where you might take EPDM strips or plastic pellets and place them in a hopper. You know, the extruder will push that material through a die and run it down a line that could be 100 to 300 feet long. So we'll use that artificial intelligence to learn what are the things that are influencing the variation that goes into that profile as it's running down this, this long line. And so the result is you can get significant quality improvements, you know, less scrap, reduced consumption around materials, less wasted energy, um, all this reducing our environmental footprint just because we're fine tuning uh, what we're learning through through live line and, and these process controls to get tighter on our on our capabilities and and produce less scrap, as we mentioned. So, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there and, and digitization or 4.0 is a, is a key enabler to to creating a manufacturing environment that is you know, safer it's with improved efficiencies. It has better quality products and, and you know, you use the data strategically. You look at your infrastructure differently. You look at better capital utilization. You know, all of this kind of ties in with our core culture about driving for uh, sustainability long term. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with more. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. You've mentioned sustainability, you've mentioned environment, particularly when it when it comes to embracing and adapting digitization and, and industry 4.0. 
Again, another issue that's top of mind from boardrooms on down for manufacturers everywhere. How do we impact the environment less? How do we do more to create social impact? What do we do around governance? Uh, not only in many respects, it's the right thing to do, but in many respects, it's also proven to impact the bottom line. So when it comes to ESG type of things, can you talk about what Cooper Standard is doing in that area? We have learned a lot on our sustainability journey over the past several years, and I'm excited how our focus has evolved from simple compliance to making sustainability an integrated part of our business planning. You know, we use a robust process to identify over, we have over 19 topics that we focus on, the topics that are material to our business that leads to careful analysis and again, creation of long-term goals, which we track on a regular basis, just, just as we would any other, any other project. So, you know, you know, oftentimes when people think about sustainability, they, they think historically about the environmental piece. You know, we think it's very important that you look at sustainability holistically. And as you said, you know, that ESG, that environmental, social and government topics that impact the business and, and that we are addressing these areas properly and that we help create, you know, a Cooper standard that is sustainable for, for years to come. Uh, and, and we believe we have that right focus now. Um, you know, a couple examples, one that we're extremely proud of is, is our safety performance in manufacturing. You know, we look at that under our social improvement focus category and and um, we use TIR so total incident rate as our as our KPI you know which measures the number of safety incidents that occur per set number of hours worked you know if I think back historically we would often talk about numbers of three four five range and now you know after all this investment and commitment from people to, to make this happen we're talking about TIR numbers of 0.5 or less. You know, nobody would argue that 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 was an initiative that was worth pursuing. And, you know, we're very pleased, again, with the performance that we're seeing there and, and the continued focus on driving that even further lower. You know, and then sticking with kind of the social focus, you know, and it ties a bit in then with our, our culture is our community partnership. Uh, we have a strong history of giving back to the communities that we work and live in. Uh, we have a very structured large portion of we have structured a large portion of our foundation you know, funding and, and engagement uh, to support employee-led community activities. So to date or over, since 2013, we've, you know, we've donated over $14 million uh, to, to these different uh, opportunities. And we've had over 37,000 volunteer engagements. So we're extremely proud of how these activities continue during the pandemic as employees found creative ways to continue to give back in, 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 the, in the midst of all these challenges. A lot of them were, were virtual. Um, some were still in person, some were making different things for uh, different opportunities to help he healthcare workers and so forth. But we're continuing to be proud of this. And, uh, you know, when you take a look at some of the pictures and videos from these events, you know, it's extremely telling and, and it's a reminder of how we can help others. And this all fits together. So, you know, I would say in short, you know, Cooper Standard has a strong sustainability program that continues to, to build. And because it is the, the right thing to do and is what is best for Cooper Standard and all of our stakeholders uh, that are involved with Cooper Standard. Well, to your point, I think it also, right, it, the the employee engagement that comes from this, the I come to work every day and I feel good about who I work for and what I do because they support these other areas that are important to me personally. I mean, that's such a driver of employee retention, employee engagement, et cetera. And it sounds like you're you're seeing that as a result of these these investments, these areas of focus as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we think it's a, a core part of our culture. And, and as you said, retention is is key and, and, you know, attracting people. And if you can, you know, make this bigger than just about the daily task and you can make it by giving back to the communities and, and doing the right thing, then that helps stick, right? That's something that sticks with people and you know, continues to make them excited about the company you work for and the initiatives that, that you undertake. 
and uh, it's positive and it, it rubs off and it spreads and and uh, especially in you know the communities and you know we have you know over 60 facilities globally that again uh, some of these are small towns and it, and it gets around and it, and it really helps with uh, attracting and, and retaining of course uh, with the the individuals. So let's talk about talent attraction. Um, and are you finding the talent that you need, particularly here in the United States, not, not only access in terms of volume of potential candidates, but also finding talent with these advanced manufacturing skills that are in such high demand right now? Well, I think very clearly you can't drive down many streets in the U.S. right now and, and not see help wanted signs uh, with you know enticing offers for employment. So we we consider the war on talent as as real. Um, it's something that's going to continue. And um, you know, for us, we we do believe that our employees are the key differentiator in our business. Um, it's our competitive advantage, and and our talent strategy and diversity, inclusion, and belonging are key to our sustainable strategy long term. You know, we work hard to attract and retain the top talent within our manufacturing and professional workforce. Um, but, you know, we have to look at it from multiple fronts. And I think one is, again, what we started to allude to, which is we believe that a strong culture that is respectful and safe, uh, also oper- uh, you know, offering opportunities for growth, you know, is key to establishing a workforce employees want to join and, and most importantly, want to uh, to stay and, and, and be a part of. You know, we believe in doing things the right way with the highest level of integrity and focus on sustainability. We've, we've been fortunate the last couple of years, we've been named one of the world's most ethical companies by Ethisphere. And, and Newsweek has granted us America's most responsible, one of one of the America's most responsible companies. So, you know, we're very grateful that of our employees and what they've done to, you know, accomplish these awards. It wasn't done by by anybody but the people of the organization. And, you know, we just try to continue to value their perspectives and work to, to leverage their strengths of all employees. So that that's kind of the, the, the short term, you know, but you got to think as well about the talent development and, and the long term. And so, you know, we have to, as as part of a manufacturing organization, we have to continue to build that reputation of manufacturing and and bring some excitement to it. You know, there's sometimes a stigma around manufacturing and also the Cooper Standard image in, in all these different communities that we're in. So, you know, we encourage as part of our foundation uh, you know, supporting STEM programs in our communities and schools. You know, we recently had a STEM event at our Leonard, Michigan facility with a local school, and, and we're also a big supporter of robotics programs around the area, specifically down in, say, Detroit. And, you know, even virtually, because a lot of things we haven't been able to do over last year in person, but even virtually, you can see the eager and excitement on the face of a fifth grader when they see a robot producing a product for the first time. It's something you'll you'll never forget. And so, you know, as you think about it, then as, as time goes on, maybe that fifth grader remembers that video, the robot they just, you know, that they, they watched build a product, right? When they come to that point in their in their life where they need to make a decision, Maybe they say, hey, I remember that and I want to do something like that. And perhaps even they will remember Cooper Standard as part of that. So you know, we all have stories that kind of shape our decision and direction at one point. And, you know, if we can if we can help promote STEM and promote technology, uh, we're going to we're going to do that. You know, we can also do things like support Manufacturing Day. We open up our facilities to our communities and, and share some of the exciting technologies and the activities that are, that are ongoing. Uh, but between our culture, our commitment, our outreach, we're confident we can uh, we can be successful in the war on talent. Your comments on kids and robotics made me smile. I'm a former first robotics coach myself, and you're absolutely spot on. And in those environments, unless you've you've actually experienced and watched this aha moment click in the mind of a child, and not only click but also say understand that, hey, I built that or I contributed to that. I mean, that can have such long-term effects to 
as they get older, determining what they want to do with their careers. It's really those formative moments in the early years that something like FIRST really, really helps and I think is important to this industry in the long term. Absolutely. Fully agree. And like I said, I think we've all had those experiences that drove us in one direction or another. I know I have. I'm certain you have. And uh, again, any influence uh, or support we can offer that that's uh, beneficial to both manufacturing and, and potentially Cooper Standard is, is, uh, is the right thing to do. Absolutely. Okay, so we've talked about Industry 4.0. We've talked about uh, ESG. We've talked about talent. How do all of these things fit together in Cooper Standard to drive innovation. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good question, and how it all kind of t- comes together is is kind of key. You know, the innovations that that we look at occur in all facets of our business, from the you know the products we design, that the processes that we use in manufacturing, uh, to our business practices that that we use to engage our our customers and employees. And you know, you think today about GM's zero 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 vision or Ford's help build a better world purpose, right? We can support our customers' objectives by bridging sustainability and innovation. Um, so for example, electric vehicles are clearly a part of their roadmap to success and, and our recent innovations will support their success. Uh, we've developed a strong portfolio of products targeted to meet the needs of that, that EV electric vehicle market. Um, we have built lightweight fluid handling products to route critical fluids to heat and cool various areas of the vehicle and, and the battery now, of course, to help improve the, the EV ranges. Uh, we help our customers optimize their fluid handling systems through simulation or fluid flow and computer-aided engineering. And we're fortunate. We are currently a supplier on 16 of the top 25 uh, best-selling EV platforms in 2020. And we look to continue to build on that and continue to look at for s- solutions for our customers. You know, another one on the ceiling side is, uh, you know, we have this unique chemistry platform that, that we call Fortrex. Um, it was recently recognized by with a GM Overdrive Award in their sustainability category. You know, historically, when you look at ceiling systems, they were out of either rubber or thermoplastics. And this is a all new material, Fortrex is, that you know, really enhances the product performance, but it also significantly reduces the total life cycle carbon footprint through weight savings and more efficient manufacturing processes with, with lower emissions. So, our industry 4.0 initiatives meet the criteria that we talked about as you know, clearly anything you do around the processing side that reduces waste going to landfills, improving emissions, uh, safer work environments, better quality products. You know, so we see that bridge occurring between our customers' bold plans that, that they've outlined and as well as our own sustainability objectives. And, and clearly our innovation investments should line up with what our customers want and need and what their vision and uh, purpose is. And uh, we have done that. Let's close with you offering some advice to maybe some of our listeners. These are all complex areas that I think manufacturing executives think about daily. How do I harness the power of this digital technology to improve manufacturing? How do I reduce the impact our company is having on the environment, our products have on the environment? Where do I find the talent I need to drive all this? That's pretty complex stuff. Where do they start? If somebody, if there's a manufacturing executive thinking about this and it and it's it's intimidating, what's your advice on the best place to start to tackle these things? Yeah, it's, I, I, it can be overwhelming, and and I agree. And you have to you have to break it down. And I think first you need to understand what is your objective. You know, what do you want to accomplish with digitization or sustainability? You know, what I always recommend or we look at as a, as a company is you know go to the production floor. You know, listen to your operators, your process engineers. 
you know, the individuals who produce the product day in and day out, right? They understand the problems that are occurring and, and, and they will help guide you as to what are the, what is necessary to, to improve uh, the, the business. So you have to look at that and you got to look at what, of course, what you expect for your time and your, and your investments. Um, as you said, there, there's plenty of advice out there. There's digital tools and fancy graphs and, and charts, but in the end, you know, does it impact the business the way you expect it to and what you want? So I think once you kind of understand kind of what is the framework, as you said, you don't want to bite it all off at once, but if you kind of narrow in on this is what we need to do around these areas, then, then you sit down and you develop that roadmap that, that prioritizes those key objectives. You know, you address the risks and, and include the problems you want to accomplish. You need to look at the tools that you need. And most importantly, you got to look at the team and the, and the talent. Uh, but again, I'm confident if you get that narrowed down, you, you'll be surprised what talent you have available and, and are willing to, to commit to, to these improvements. But in the end, you got to be intentional. You got to commit. You know, uh, we try to look at sustainability holistically and define long term business goals, you know, that have a positive impact on environment, social and government's topics. Um, again, it go from you know, from reducing emissions to in, inventing new materials with lower carbon footprint, providing innovative products to serve our customers, electric vehicle needs, you know, ensuring we have a strong workforce. You know, everyone has a slightly different approach or need. Uh, but again, bringing that together. And then once you have that clear roadmap or journey established for, for digitization sustainability, you know, you'll be excited as we are about what the future will bring for you. And, you know, so finally, of course, you've got to have a strong workforce with a strong co- culture of collaboration. That, that's key to this. You know, and so remember, you know, again, at the end of the day, you know, this is this is not about a, a department of industry 4.0 or, or this, this group of individuals, but it's got to be about a cross-functional team that embraces the challenges and works together, you know, to improve that that operators that's on the floor every day running those products, improve their process and, and, and make it simple for them. Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today on the show and sharing your perspectives. And congratulations to you and your team. It sounds like you all are doing some terrific stuff with this digitization, making a wonderful impact on the on the environment. It looks like you're finding the talent that you need to drive those initiatives as well. Kudos and congratulations. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you, Steve. And I, I've enjoyed the conversation today. You know, in closing, I would like to wrap up by first saying thank you to all of our strong partnerships with our customers and suppliers. Now, they've been key in navigating this clearly unpredictable environment that we all experienced during the pandemic. Uh, these close partnerships enabled us to be agile and, and address these challenges head on. Of course, it goes without saying that I'm extremely proud of, of Cooper Standard and the team and how they pulled together to not just manage all these challenges, but work our way through it, but really about positioning Cooper Standard to be stronger for long-term success. That's Daily Drive for Wednesday, July 14th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash Daily Drive. As always, thanks for listening and make it a great day. We'll be back tomorrow.